Cats go 1-11. I'll say it on the pod. I said it on the Instagram story. I will jump on Lake Michigan on the last night of publication for the Daily this fall. Click that. What's up, everybody? Um, this is the Game Day podcast for the Daily Northwestern under Cats Corner. I am Lawrence Price, the audio editor, and I'm alongside the game day uh, staff. You'll get the intros in a second, but we're just here to break down everything game day, everything football. Uh, so whoever wants to intro yourself first, I don't know. I mean. I'm Charlotte Barnes. I'm the sports editor of the Daily this quarter. I'm John Riker, the game day editor. I'm Sky Swan, the assistant game day editor. And I'm Alex Cervantes, and I'm an assistant sports editor. Okay, so of course, we know Northwestern lost 31-24 at Maryland last weekend on Saturday. And we had a few of you all, those in the game, right? John, Sky, both from Maryland. So can you talk about, you know, the experience of being in the press box, but also being back in that area? Yeah, definitely. It was a great experience getting to go back. And like John and I, both being from Maryland, getting to be at that campus when I've been a couple times with family and friends. It was great to see and a lot of purple out in the sands, which was also great. And just seeing how much promise they had in the first half, it was kind of shocking. thought we were going to get that upset against Maryland on the homecoming weekend. So that was a great um, experience, but the second half, not so much. So, yeah. Yeah, a homecoming game for the Terrapins, but also a homecoming game for both of us kind of getting to go back um to our, to our home state and it was a fun experience overall like a fun stadium a, a well uh well equipped press box with lots of good food uh, so i got gotta give a little shout out there and also fun to see andrew golden one of our previous sports editors and a previous game day editor got to catch up with him and and some old friends and I think it was a more competitive and more exciting game, especially with Brandon Sullivan coming in than a lot of people expected. Um, but obviously didn't go the Cats way at the very end. It was just a refrain pretty much from the past two years, whereas the whole crowd roaring when uh, Roman Hemby broke that 75-yarder. That's something that I've heard so many times over the past two years, and uh, that's just following this team everywhere we go, whether, whether uh, in the Midwest or on the East Coast. So, okay, we can transition into the game then. Um, as we know, uh, I, you just said, like, the 75-yard run that Rowan Hemby had. Um, what do you think, you know, the positives and negatives were from the game? Anybody can talk about it. I mean, I could, I could say my thoughts. I mean, um, I just feel like when you talk about big plays and Coach Fitz has talked about big plays, you give up a big play, and that's the deciding factor in the game. I mean, like you said, Sky, they had a very promising first half, and they just kind of fell apart. Yeah, for sure. I definitely felt going into halftime, Northwestern had an advantage and seized some moments using the running game with Brendan Sullivan and Evan Hall. But then coming out of half, the Terrapins, as you could tell by the second half, third quarter, they made adjustments and Northwestern didn't. And it was kind of like Maryland was like, we're just going to put our foot on your necks and then <laughs> we're going to just squeeze it even further until you suffocate. And that's what we saw basically in the third quarter to get that advantage. And then Northwestern had to just gravel their way back to try to get a lead again in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I think that since everybody was, it seemed like a lot of people were expecting a blowout, that it kind of had I was, I was somewhat of a positive. I, I thought Northwestern might have a chance, but I think the consensus was it was not going to be a very competitive game. Maryland's had a great offense this year, but 
I think the overwhelming, like, the tenor of the of the result is negative. Like, it didn't amount to anything. They gave up 31 points to an offense with the backup quarterback in, fell to 1-6 on, on the season. You can point to, like, Brendan Sullivan doing well, or Tommy Tommy had a, a great game. Bryce Gallagher was historic as well for this defense. But it's only going to get tougher from here. Like, Maryland with has been a great team. They're now bowl eligible. They had a backup quarterback. It doesn't get any easier. Got Ohio State. Get a road game against the Iowa defense. Um, Illinois is looking great this year. This is one that it felt like the Cats had to win with a 10-point lead. And then to give up all those unanswered points and lose that game the way they did, it's it's a really hard um, just outcome to, to swallow for Cats fans, and it should be for the Cats players and coaches. What do you what do you both think? Yeah, I think it generally like obviously like they didn't win. Like it was a negative result <laughs> and and they had they had them at the half. They it it was just very tough to watch, but I think one positive was Brennan Sullivan looked a lot more comfortable than that first game where he threw three straight three and outs and it just he looked really badly. Like even with the interceptions at the end, like that kind of handed the game away. Like I will say that at the end he like he did not have a great second half, but I felt like he looked much more comfortable overall, and he just, like, hasn't played football in a while. And I think, like, once he gets more into these games, he's going to be a decent quarterback, and he looked good. And, I mean, I talked about, uh, well, yeah, when I interviewed Brendan, he said he hasn't played in over two years, so that's one thing. And, of course, that's just going to happen, like, having the mistakes, um, like you said. Um, But also, I feel like the defense just didn't give him a good enough job or do a good enough job to put the offense in a position to win. Alex, can you talk about it? Because I know in your article you talk about nine plays, but, um, you know, what do you think? I mean, that turning point kind of was he – you start off with the ball after going into halftime with the seven-point lead. and You start out with the ball and you you make your way into Maryland, ter- Maryland territory within 90 seconds. And so you, you think we're – you're kind of in that stretch again where you think they've, they've come out of halftime and you think – that we're going to be able to continue this momentum. And then Sullivan talked about he's on the right hash and he just made a misread and he throws the ball straight at two Maryland defenders. So um, that that kind of did it in, and then Maryland obviously goes down and scores a touchdown. Um, it was Hemby's second touchdown, I think, on the day. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously had the late 75-yard burst. But I don't know, it's just it's just tough. Like, Coach Fitz talked about it game, but really is the missed tackles. And, like, you think, like, I'm not trying to call out A.J. Hampton, but he, he dove at Hemby's ankles on that 75-yard burst. Like, we... Claire just scored the touchdown, right? Northwestern just tied it up 24 apiece. You, you think maybe a stop, maybe Maryland drives into field goal territory, maybe they missed. I mean, the Maryland kicker had already missed one. So, but, like, they're, they're, Maryland, to their credit, blocked that play really well, but just poor positioning. And then, like, yeah, it just didn't – there was, like, an end zone angle that I found on Twitter that did not look any better in terms of where the defense was, but that's what I'll say. And you talked about, you know, well, we all know, like, wide open or open field tackles are very difficult to make. They are. They are definitely the game changers. John, you talked about, you know, Tommy's play and Bryce's play. Were there any, like, other people that you felt stand stood out in the game for, you know, Northwestern? Or, I'm, of course, Bryce had just a career day, um, mm-hmm. just tackle-wise. But were there any outside of just Tommy and Bryce that you felt like had a good game? Yeah. I would say Evan Hole for sure. Um, Evan Hole had a really great day because this run game had been doing pretty poorly in previous weeks. Um, they didn't eclipse 80 yards against either Wisconsin or Penn State, and that's what's supposed to be like this offense's strength. 
Um, not putting all that on Evan. Evan's been great in the passing game as well, and a lot of that does go on the O-line. But when Northwestern was able to control the line of scrimmage and then establish that run game, that made things easier on Sullivan. He could establish himself as a runner. Um, but really, just watching Hull just dice him up, get some big plays, get this offense. That's a, that's probably the biggest positive. This offense looked electric at times. I think you don't have any of that without Evan Hull having a big game. Mm-hmm. And it's been, for a guy who was a 1,000-yard rusher, maybe a little quieter start to the season aside from the Duke game for him. If Northwestern is to win one of these games down the stretch against Big Ten competition, he has to be a huge factor, and he, and he was this game. And, and Scott, you talked about where you wrote about the run game. Can you talk about, was that, you know, a similar aspect you had with Brendan Sullivan and Evan Holes, um, you know, the dynamic that they brought to the table? Yeah, for sure. I definitely felt like, despite the outcome, you could definitely tell the running game, like John said, was something that, of course, they've been struggling on the past couple of weeks, but it looked strong and it looked like if they keep working this angle for the rest down the stretch, it could definitely be a contributing factor to maybe getting a win or a couple wins later in the season. And also even finding Andrew Clare late in the fourth quarter might be a fourth back, starting back, but he definitely helped contribute to getting that um, touchdown late in the fourth. And so if they just keep using that run game, they could potentially keep at bay the defenses until they work out their passing game later in, in the season. Yeah, and going off skies, we've seen some good things from Hull this season. We just haven't seen what we expected from Porter, from Trey, um, and from Claire as well. So to see them... Uh, Porter had some good runs, and and, um, and getting that touchdown late from Claire is a really good sign for this run game. I think it's difficult uh, just having four running backs that could – I mean, two of them are captains, right? You're trying to spread the load, and then also you have Sullivan who can run. It's like, who do we have, who do I give it to at all times? Of course, Evan Hull, you're going to give it to him at all times, but, like, Cam Porter, you got him, and then Tyus, uh, Andrew Claire. And it's, I, I feel like it's going to be real interesting um, coming up next year to see of course who returns but what's going to happen um i mean if, you know if you're a guy that wants to take the next step and evan holds in front of you is going to be mm-hmm. very difficult if he comes back and you're still going to be the two guy two three guy mm-hmm. so um but i i feel like i know where you all um are feel on this next topic but with brendan sullivan and ryan Helinski, we've seen sullivan uh in you know play a full game now, and then we've also seen Ryan Holinsky through, what, five games? So uh, where do you all feel, or if you had to pick right now the quarterback that Northwestern has to go with for the rest of the season, who would you all pick? Sullivan. Well, why, why do you say that? You know, we got to... We gotta, there's, there's, we gotta, there's a level, there's a... To a certain degree, we... Holinsky for better or worse, is kind of a known commodity, and we know we know his faults, we know his strengths. And Sullivan, there's a little bit more of an intrigue there because he is only playing. He's now only featured in like a game and a half, right? And so if he, he's also he's also a year younger. He redshirted last year. Like we, if he is your quarterback of the future, you want to get him those snaps now. Plus, I, he offers you more mobility out of the pocket. He's faster. He's a better runner. I think he can probably take hits better, um, even though he usually is sliding, but. I don't know. I feel, I feel like the I feel like the the passing I feel like the passing game will come right. Like he was 18 of 24. Two of those are bad incompletions. Like he like the first one we've already talked about, right? Like it was a misread. Young quarterbacks are going to have that. The second one, I can kind of like give him a pass on that. You're trying to chase the game with three minutes left, and you're trying to force a deep ball, right? Right. And the sa- the safety read it well. Like the, like again, it's it's something you learn from. But I I think it 
is I, this offense has looked m- more successful with him under center. So that's what I think it's him. Gotcha. I feel like Charlotte. I feel like I know where you're gonna go as well. Would you Would you agree with Alex? Or? Yeah. I mean, would everybody agree with Alex? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, it's so tough to say, like, just give him time and he'll get better. But, like, literally just give him time and I think that he'll become a better player. Just like like you said, be having two years off football, that's a really long time. And, like, honestly, like, Northwestern has nothing to lose at this point. Like, might as well just, like, let him develop and let, like, the offense develop around him. I think he'll be great the rest of the season. I mean, we even saw between Wisconsin and Maryland, he definitely has grown. He has been more comfortable on the field. So, mm. Just a matter of time before he gets even more comfortable with the guys on the field and getting confident in those passing. Yes, I'm also now thinking that Sullivan is the right move. You saw what he did to that run game. So you didn't think in the beginning, did you say? Well, Holinsky was the best quarterback in the Big Ten that true, first true, week. True, true. Like he looked, he yeah. was. You can't understate. He had one of the best performances by a Big Ten quarterback all season against Nebraska in Ireland. Um, for him to establish himself that way. And even in the Duke game, like, he helped the team come back. But it's just they went from having such great quarterback play to the point where it was, like, below average for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for one of the things that derailed last season was it just kept going back and forth between yeah, quarterbacks yeah. all the way through the last game. Like, all the way through, all, like, the Purdue, the yeah, Illinois. Even, yeah. they, were, they were still, I think there were probably, like, seven or eight quarterback changes the whole season. I think if I was uh, Pat Fitzgerald making the call, I would say stick with continuity. Um, one, because Sullivan's looked pretty good this week and has improved from his first appearance to his first start. Right. Um, two, you, you get to see, as, as everybody was saying, you get to see what you have for the future. And three, just, just so that you're not flipping back and forth and making a constant drama of who's in, who's out. Uh, I think that that would make a lot of sense for this Northwestern offense, even if they can't find their way to, to to win out and get full eligibility. I think that there's a lot of benefits to having Sullivan that you wouldn't necessarily get with Holinsky. And and you get a faster quarterback. Gotcha. And I think tying that to, I think I was talking to you weeks in the past, mm-hmm. or even my guy Bradley Locker, as we yeah. know, we discussed a lot about the football team. Um, but Ryan Holinsky kind of reminded me of Hunter Johnson last year, I feel like, um, with just Hunter Started out amazingly, uh, even though they lost the Michigan State game. He looked really good and then kind of declined over time, over time. But do you all think that Co- that Fitz is going to go back to Helensky at any point? Or, of course, we have our like what we think should happen, but do you think he's going to go back to Helensky now that most likely he's out of concussion protocol and could be ready to go against Iowa? Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think there's a world where... Sullivan, like, like I don't, I wouldn't be lost on me. They're playing, they're playing an incredible Iowa defense this weekend. If if Sully starts off with a couple turnovers, I don't think, like, I, this Iowa offense is not explosive, so it very well could, if even if Northwestern's losing the turn turnover battle in the opening quarters, like, I don't, I don't think that it, the game will be a blowout. So, like, could could Holinsky replace him? Absolutely. I don't know if that brings another dynamic um, presence to the offense, but like he he does offer. A level of kind of security as an upperclassman, mm-hmm. I would say. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's in pot. Like, I don't. I don't think Fitz would wrestle with that too much. I think he would. I think they could absolutely go back and forth. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's hard to know if like, let's say Sullivan goes out there and throws three picks. Like, I feel like Fitz would just make the change. But I do feel like Sullivan kind of earned the starting role with his performance against Maryland going away. 
um, by like ESPN's advanced numbers, so like QBR and expected points added. He had the third best performance of any Northwestern quarterback this season. So the best the best performance since Duke and a marked improvement um, from the Wisconsin game, which is I mean just a disaster for everybody. I think he he kind of earned it, but then also not only from a passing standpoint showing that progression, but just bringing something that. Holinsky just doesn't in right. being able to be a guy that you can rely on for not only production but big plays. Um, so I, will Fitz go back? I think it's easy to see that there's a scenario which which that happens, but I do feel like the benefits, there are significant benefits of just having that consistency in terms of who's lining up under center. And I agree with you in the sense that if you bring Holinsky back in, right, it's going to give you – you already know what he's going to – give you right I mean of course Sullivan's very young but also Sullivan brought that out-of-pocket presence or being able to roll out be more dynamic to where the defense couldn't really understand of course Iowa Jack Campbell linebacker for Iowa he's gonna know he's gonna read that very very well so so that's gonna be a tough thing but you know I did want to ask you all as well just we've been talking about the offense but do you think what's been the bigger issue this year has it been the offense you know coach Mike Bajakian's offense or has it been the defense. I mean, we've seen the offense and defense go back and forth, but what do you think has been more of the weaker link? Or, or even a respective room? Has it been the secondary, the linebacker, D-line, O-line, QB, wide receivers? What do you think? Or running back? It could be running back. But. I'm going to go with offense, but, like, quarterback specifically, which I guess, like, we've already talked a lot about that, but it just feels like – Maybe it's going to be different with Brendan Sullivan now, but, like, Northwestern hasn't been developing quarterbacks for a while. Um, obviously, like, Peyton Ramsey came in a couple years ago, and that was great, and ever since then it kind of feel, felt like things are in turmoil. And I think, like, having a player like Brendan who you develop from, who's been with the program since day one, I think that'll be really helpful. But just, like, Ryan Holinsky was a transfer, and then the whole situation last year with having three different people play, I just I feel like there's just been a lot of turmoil around that position. I think that's an issue. And just to add on, I mean, Peyton Ramsey came in already kind of like seasoned it a little bit, just having his experience at Indiana. So he came in um, already to rock, uh, per se. But what do, you, what do you all think? Would you, would you agree? Or I, I struggle with it because it, it really feels like a game-by-game game basis. Yeah. Okay, a lo- like, loaded, no, loaded question. No, it is. But, like, like cause you can point to, like, Miami, Ohio, like, the offense didn't actually put up – Northwestern's offense put up 14 points, but at the same time, like, you give up that whatever it was, like, 66-yard rush late yeah. in the game, maybe on Smith, and they kick the field goal in the game, right? But then Penn State, they for, the defense forces five turnovers, comes up critical. Holinsky throws the ball, it felt like a million times because of the rain, because Penn State did a good job bottling up Northwestern's run attack. So, but then that can't really be on the defense, right? That was the best performance of the season. Then you go to Wisconsin and Braylon Allen – a running back has a Brandon passing touchdown. Yeah, Brandon Allen. Yeah. yeah, he has a passing touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, it, it truly feels like a game by game basis, right? And so, I don't. It, they they both been poor, right? But I don't know if I can like pit one blame, like pick one to blame more than the other. Like it's just they both struggled at different points on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I would say I give kind of a nuanced answer nuanced answer to this I think the offense is more to blame this year because you see go back to 2019 they had one of the best defenses in the Big Ten one of the best in college football they went three and nine just because the offense was so bad but I think that the defense so I, I do think that if the offense was doing great I feel like that does more to win games 
However, I feel like the defense has collapsed these last two years under Jim O'Neill, the new defensive coordinator, um, and seeing a bunch of those guys go play other places. That's some. That's a bigger existential crisis to Northwestern's like long-term football uh, sustainability because this is a team with defensive tradition. Seeing all those broken tackles, seeing all those big plays. I know secondary's dealt with some injuries. That's been kind of rough. Um, but going to recruiting, um, just kind of everywhere you look with this defense, it's 2019 was a miserable team to watch. But at least it had a defense. Arrow, we sure. don't have an offense. We don't have a defense. Um, and the special teams has been the second worst in the Big Ten. Like the kicking, the field goal. There's just nowhere on this team that you can place confidence I think if the quarterback play was stellar, I think Northwestern would be in the middle of Big Ten contention for a bowl. Um, maybe for the Big Ten West is not a great year for the Big Ten West. But everywhere on this team, it's just been a perfect storm that's contributed to what, as you were predicting, could be a 1-11 in season. On to next week, of course. Northwestern will be taking on Iowa, 2.30 game, Halloween uh, weekend, of course, Halloween's Monday, but uh, and it's their homecoming game in Iowa City, so it's going to be a huge fan uh, turnout for them. What do you all expect for the game? We know that Iowa hasn't had the best offense. Northwestern also hasn't had the best offense, but I mean, talk like here in the press conferences or just uh, the amazing press press conference um, this week. But you know, um, <laughs> from both sides, from, from both yeah, sides, both right, sides. right. So, um, what do you all expect uh, coming into this game, or what do you think? You know, um, uh, what does Northwestern need to do to turn it around? Oh, I mean, it's it's spooky season. I think it's fitting that that we get Brian Fair versus Jim O'Neill <laughs> the, the week before, the two days before Halloween. I think that's a little fitting. Um, no, I mean this this game. I I guess I don't. I mean the article's gonna be out by this time. So like my article's kind of on like this the the trying to capsulate like the sickos energy, taking some inspiration from the sickos committee. Like this game is supposed to have a. Um, I think last time I checked, it was like a thirty one and a half, um, over under line right now, which Sheesh. which according to one Twitter user is one of the lowest in college football history. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of encapsulates it. You know, like you got you got. A roller coaster of an offense in terms of Northwestern. You don't really know what you're going to get, especially like we can't guarantee that Evan Holt's going to get a ton of touches, right? And that's kind of how this offense goes. And then you've got a, a stellar Iowa defense, but Spencer Petrus is still under center. Spencer Petrus is still it's Spencer still, Petrus. He's still there, you know. He has two touchdowns, five interceptions. They're two leading wide receivers. Their two leading receiver options are tight ends. So like I don't know. Um, I don't know if, if if you're showing me the matinee showings on yeah. Saturday. I don't know if I picked this one, but um, it, it's it's going to be a game. A football game will happen Saturday, for sure. I mean, it is it is kind of like tight end you, almost. It is you tight know? end you. Yeah, know, George Kiddo coming through. It's fair. No offense, but, that's uh, a fair point. But what, what about you, Scott? We'll just... I mean, the past two homecoming games, Northwestern has been at odds, so hopefully we can get an upset. I think maybe we might be able to, especially because Northwestern's offense did show a lot of promise in that first half of Maryland. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if they go with the start of Sullivan, which I'm pretty confident Fitz will do, potentially we could get that running game and just hold the score and stall until the end. It's going to be really low scoring. I want that. Oh, just I'm not really stall. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have. I'm not supposed to laugh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did want to say earlier when you had like the step on the neck thing, that was like that was like uh Glorilla and Cardi B's because Cardi had a bar like that. Always say that. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I have very little confidence in Northwestern's ability right now. We had a game a couple weeks ago. Where a team without a head coach who was at the very bottom of the Big Ten West, even lower than Northwestern, came in on Northwestern's home turf and just absolutely blew them out, 42-7. to As you said, a run, on a homecoming weekend, with a running back who threw a passing touchdown and made Wisconsin look like Ohio State for a weekend. I will look we'll see Ohio State in a few weeks. Right? We will. We will. That'll be another. That's a separate podcast. That, that's going to be a great, a, that's that's gonna gonna be a great yeah. podcast. I think. There you go. There you go. I have Iowa winning uh, by a couple touchdowns. This couple, what do you mean? Two. Okay, okay. A couple could be a couple. By a 14 point margin. Uh, because. Northwestern did have a pretty strong showing on the road. I just have a little bit of doubt, I think well-founded doubt, that Northwestern can continue these strong performances two weeks in a row on the road, um, especially, I mean, the quarterback situation is in flux. Uh, the the secondary, there's some guys going in and out. You have a guy, and Josh Preeb, who's out for the season now on the O-line. Yeah, That's a big that. loss. That, yeah. The kicker, the punter, both of those have been kind of going back and forth. Uh, Iowa has good defensive tradition. I think it's going to be hard for Northwestern to to get like above ten points. I have them right at yeah, at ten uh, points. But but also it's going to be very hard for Iowa to score even against a very suspect suspect <laughs> defense of Northwestern. They haven't scored more than fourteen points in the past three three games, wow. right? So yeah, and they're like last in scoring. Uh, like scoring offense, but top five scoring defense. So I don't know. Yeah, I I do think. I mean, you were saying I could see a I could see a pick six. I could see yeah. a fumble to the crib. But that's I was it. scoring a defensive touchdown. I would I would lock that in. Lock it in. I would lock that in. Okay. I was going to score a defensive touchdown Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What well, What do you think, Charlotte? Uh, I have Northwestern winning seventeen to ten, which honestly it could be more like ten to three, like if Northwestern wins, or that could be the Iowa score. I don't know. Obviously, they have a really bad offense, and we have a not so great defense. Um, so I guess we'll see. I don't know. I'm not one of the people writing stories about the upcoming game this week, so like haven't given it too much thought before we head to Iowa on Saturday. But yeah, I think this could be a game Northwestern pulls an upset. Gotcha. I mean, well, one, Iowa, would you ever believe that these are the last two Big Ten West champs? Squaring off, you know. Uh, But, I mean, Iowa lost 54-10 to against Ohio State, their biggest, I'm pretty sure their biggest loss in the last two decades. But, of course, Ohio State's not Northwestern. I really think it could go back and forth. I think I'm going to take Iowa winning 14 to 10, 17 to 10. I don't know if they're going to get to those mm-hmm. points. I could really see a 17-9, 13, not like a very very low low scoring game because I mean, Jack Campbell on the defense when you got a guy like him in the middle of your defense leads the Big 10 in tackles. I mean, Bryce Gallagher's right behind him at number 2, but I mean, it's it's clear that the Iowa defense is like very secure all around, right? So, 
Um, but, I mean, it only takes one big play to change the game. Um, but we'll see. Luckily, this is not a night game. Yeah. Because if it was a night game, I would – I'm taking Iowa about by at least 15. Um, I, respectfully, though. Respectfully. For, for what it's worth, I think Northwestern is winning 16-11. 16-11. And there's going to be, like, a defensive touchdown and – I was gonna have a safety. Too. I was gonna like, ask, how in the world did you get to eleven? But <laughs> we don't need to break that down. But sixteen eleven in my school. That's, that's, that's for the Patreon version. That is just that a is, deeply uncomfortable college football score. I'm not okay with yeah. that. Do, do no. I need to break it down? No, I actually <laughs> break it down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Break it down. Okay. So Iowa, how they get to eleven? They're gonna score. Because I just think this game is just gonna be all over the place. I think it's just like, a fraud it, game. I, just, I, I really think it's gonna be so chaotic. I'm yeah. just leaning into it. I was going to uh, score a field goal. Okay. They're going to um, score a defensive touchdown. That's where they get to nine. Mm-hmm. That field goal, that extra point is going to get blocked. Okay. And Northwestern is going to return that. Do you know who's going to block it? I just want to know. What? Who's going to block the field goal? I don't know. Maybe A.J. Hampton if he lines up off sides again. Okay. 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 Right? Okay. okay. So A.J. Hampton blocks it, right? Okay. And someone else returns it. Okay. So. All and the way. The, and all the way. Yeah, all that's the how way. Northwestern gets to 16. Okay. Because Evan Hull will score a touchdown, and Brandon Sullivan on a QB keeper will score a touchdown. That makes sense. I okay. can see it. And um, I will have a safety because Northwestern will get pinned deep on a punt and go, like, negative four yards on two rushes and then try to throw the ball on third and 12, and it won't work. You're better than me on putting this. That, that was a very deep, thought-out plan. Uh, do you all have any more thoughts before we wrap things up? You know what I mean? I'm excited for the wave. Okay. That's going to be a yeah. fun experience. That's going to be really yeah. fun. Yeah, talking to Adam Stage, the kicker, today, that was one thing that he was excited about as a player. That was the first thing he said was that tradition. Looking forward to that. Um, I think everybody in that stadium is because the football game is not going to be much to cheer about, I don't think. For, for, for either teams. side. Yeah, yeah, both teams. For, bo- for both teams. But Northwestern's winning on U.S. soil, so I think that's a, I think that's a plus. Well, <laughs> it's gonna happen. you all heard me earlier. I feel as though there's a good chance that Northwestern goes 1-11 in this season. Uh, and if they don't beat Iowa, they're not beating Ohio State. Disagree. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's a topic day. for another week. They're not, go- they're not beating Ohio State. They're not beating what? They got Minnesota afterwards? Minnesota. That running back room in Minnesota is very good. Purdue? Possibly. I think Purdue, that's a possible. Reasonable. That, that's reasonable. And then Illinois. Illinois looked very good. This senior day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that means anything, but it should. Mm-hmm. I mean, homecoming didn't mean anything. Thanks, so. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. I would have to agree with Lawrence. I think they might go one and eleven. I've been saying this since the Miami of Ohio game. Like, yes, I've had occasional moments of hope, as I do have this week. But I have said this since the Miami of Ohio game. Even that Southern Illinois game, that was very yeah. See, I was I was joking when I first said one and eleven after Nebraska because I was just thinking, you know, I don't think they're gonna actually do it. But you know, when we get when you know you lose some very questionable games, it it really gets like that. You know, sticky it gets. But <laughs> hey, that was that was you. Okay, so um, um, but yeah, I mean, Northwestern and Iowa square off this Saturday. Hope you all tune in to not only the game but also our coverage as John, Charlotte, and Alex are going to the game. Um, but yeah, I think we can really wrap it up. Anybody have any further thoughts or anything like that? 
If the Cats go 1-11, I'll say on the pod, I said it on the Instagram story, I will jump on Lake Michigan on the last night of publication for the Daily this fall. Click that. Click uh, that. I, have, I have the screenshot from the Instagram post. November 19th. November 19th, I'm pretty sure. We, we, will, we will have the, I will have the video on Twitter. I have faith in Northwestern. I don't know why. Just because we're it's on the a Big team, Ten West. All kinds of hey, things happen. Just because we're on a team does not mean we are jumping in as a team. I'm not <laughs> no, that's a, that's I'll be, a job. I'll be, I'll be recording. I'll I will need a cleanse from this team if it comes to that. Is, but, is that cleanse hypothermia? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 if hypothermia is the worst that this team gives me, then I'll be getting off lucky. <laughs> click that. Hey, click that. That's a great way. Great way to end the pod. Thank you all for watching. We'll be back pretty soon uh, for the next episode. Um, but thank you. That's it from us. Enjoy the rest of your night. Peace. <laughs>